have something I'm going to share with you today. Our title is God is Love. And um, I, I, have a, I have a subtitle to this message today. And it is, Love Never Fails. It never fails. And um, we've shared some things in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of Sundays along this line. But I feel like I have what, I, what I'm going to share with you today. I've got, I've got a statement from, <clears throat> from one passage of Scripture that is going to, if, if, you, if you've really got your ears open, if you're really in a place to receive today, Something supernatural, supernatural, beyond the natural realm is going to happen in your life if you catch what I tell you today. I've caught it. I mean, I have caught it. I have caught it in a way I didn't think you could catch something. I'm going to give it to you today. And literally, literally, we, we say this a lot because this is what the Word does. But when a word comes like what I'm going to give you today, it'll change everything about your perception. You won't get it all today because revelation doesn't come from the preached word. Revelation comes from the preached word that the Holy Spirit reveals to you personally. Amen? That's where revelation comes. So you don't get the whole thing. But if you're ready and prepared to receive this today... Lift your hand and say, I'm ready. Amen. Amen. You're going to get something that will literally change your life forever. And it's in one passage, one verse of Scripture. One verse. So I'm going to lead up to that. I'm going to share a few things that lead up to that. Kind of mostly some review. And then we're going to end with that one verse of Scripture and, and a challenge of how to apply it. Amen? Matthew 6 and 33. I just used that, but I'm going to use it again in what we're talking about today. Matthew 6, 33 talks about the kingdom of God. And as I told you in the Amplified, in this passage of Scripture, it says that God's kingdom and his righteousness are his way of doing and being right. That's what it is. That's, what, that, that's the way it's defined. And um, so, but I want to read it in, um, in the New King James. It says, but seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things shall be added to you. If you look in the verses of scripture before that. He talks about how that, that all the Gentiles, people that are, have unrenewed minds, that some not saved, but some saved with unrenewed minds, they seek after natural things. Natural things are the first thing that they do. But he said, if you'll put me first, if you'll seek after me first, then I already know you have all the need of all those things. I'll make sure you get everything you need. See, that's the great thing about God. As Manda said earlier in the worship, the, the, the great thing about God is that we can trust Him. If you'll take Him at your word, don't just 
poke around with his word, poke around his word, and that sounds good, and out of sight, out of mind, you let it go. No, you make it a part of you. When you make it a part of you, you can trust God. And God's name, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, His name is the Word. You can't separate the Word and God Himself. You can separate some people from their words, but not God. Because God can't lie. If God says it, that's the way it is. Because He can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. The Bible tells us. You might tell somebody something, and that's not what you really meant, and you don't carry through with that, so you said one thing and you did something else, but that's not God. People may have promised you things in life, said that they would do things and treat you a certain way and give you this, that, and then they don't follow through with that. You can't trust that. But that's not God. And what God's trying to do is get our attention. He said, if you'll seek me, then you'll be like me, and you won't be like the guy that promises and doesn't follow through. Amen? But Matthew 6.33 is a promise. Okay? 1 John 4.8 says... It says a few things in there, but it says God is love. Not, it doesn't say that God loves. It says that God is love. So anything and everything that God is, is love. You cannot separate the name God from love. And you can't separate love, what real love is, from God. You, you don't separate. The two go together. God is love. John 13, and we read this last week, and I want to read it again. John 13, and verse 34. He said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know, everybody will know, that you are my disciples if you have love one, and one for another. I made, I made this point last week that um, people won't know about God because, see, God is love. People won't know about love because of miracles or healings or how good you are or how wealthy you are or how successful you are. People won't know about God because of those things. People will know about God because of the way you treat other people. That's the way people will know about God. First Corinthians, we read this last week also. First Corinthians 13 and verse 1. For though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal, meaning, okay, if you're just standing around and banging brass and cymbals all day long, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to your life. Hey, how's it going? Boing. So what are you doing tomorrow? Boing. Not much to your life, right? 
And though I have all the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so as I can remove mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. It's not the miracles, the healings, the deliverances, the things that happen, you know, through our lives. Well, I saw 50 people saved or I went this place and I did this and this amazing thing and all that. The world doesn't know God because of that. They know God because of the way you treat others. Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and I, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind, and love does not envy. We've been talking about, we've been talking about that love can't envy. So when I envy, I'm not connected to God in that situation. Maybe I've overcome envy in a certain area or towards a certain person. That's victory. But don't stop there. Because if you're envying in another area, what the enemy's trying to do is shut down your position to receive from God. He's trying to disqualify you from being able to be on the receiving, the, the receiving end of all of the promises of God. The Bible says God's promises are yes and amen. They're not sometimes or when it looks like it could happen. They are that they are. How many ever had promises that you've not seen fulfilled in your life? My hand is up. I've not seen it fulfilled, but it's still a promise. How many you've had some promises, you don't have to lift your hand on this, how many have had some promises not fulfilled and it seems like it's taking a long time? I'm giving you the answer today. In one verse of Scripture, you're going to have the answer to how that man, how manifestation comes to every single promise that you have acquired from the Word of God that you know belongs to you. One verse of Scripture is going to tell you how to see manifestation in every single area of your life. Where do you get that promise? Hmm? Who else in the world could promise you that? Nobody but Pastor Bird. No, nobody but the Word of God. Nobody but the Word. Nobody but the Word. Amen? This envy thing that, we're, that we've been talking about, I'm, I'm going to kind of end it right here in talking about it. But I want to make, make a couple of points. As I was looking this word up, as I was looking through that word envy, and because when, when, I, when I look at things that the world, so envy is a negative word. So if you envy something, then, then there's something wrong with that. But I like to look through it and why people envy. And I was looking at this definition a little bit farther, and to envy is to boil over with jealousy. To boil over with jealousy. Envy wants something that someone else has. Now hear me when I say this, because you need to meditate on this. Envy is wanting someone that someone else has, something that someone else has, but you don't want to do what they did to get it. 
That's right. The other, the other part of that definition is to burn with anger. The thing about envy is that it's always competitive. There's always a rivalry involved. If it's not one person, it's someone else. If, if you're that way with one person and you get past that or they move on and they're not in your life, then there's somebody else and something else and something else. But see, that's the devil working on you to try to keep you from being on the receiving end of every promise of God. Always competitive. And when there's that competitiveness, there's the manifested presence of the enemy. And the reason I know that is because, and, and I'll end, I'll, I'm going to end this thing about envy and step into my one scripture. It's because of what um, James, where was I? Oh, James 3.16, yes. This is what James 3.16 says. <clears throat> For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing. One translation says every evil work of the enemy are there. They're present. They're manifested. When there's, in this 16th verse where it says, where there's envy and self-seeking involved, when, it's, when, it's, when the focus is on me, then your focus with the Spirit of God are not on the good of other people. And that's what God created you for. If you haven't found that out yet, you need to get a hold of that. God created you to be filled and led by his spirit so that you would do what he wants you to do in every single relationship that you come in contact with. You don't have a relationship with all six billion people on the planet, but the people that come into your life, you have a responsibility to treat them the way God wants you to. But if you've never been taught, you've never done anything with the word that you hear, you're going to keep treating people the same exact way. But I'm going to give you something in one scripture today that will change your life forever if you understand what I'm talking about. Matthew 6.33 that we talked about a moment ago is a promise. If you seek his kingdom first, his way of doing and being right, all the things in life that he already knows you have need of, he'll make sure that they get to you his way. And I promise you, God can provide for you a whole lot better than you can when you put him first. I, you know, one, one time I had a guy that, or, or just a, was kind of an acquaintance of mine, and he, he, in some of this type of teaching that he heard, what he, what he heard was that putting the kingdom first was not doing anything else in life. And I never did get that. I mean, I've, I've I, you know, if, uh, if I'm in a situation and, 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 and I had to do this when my, when, when my wife and I were, our children were very little and situations happened or uh, as they were coming up when I was, before I was pastoring, I was still in the working world. And there, there were times when um, things weren't matching with the job I had and I had to get extra jobs. And, you know, I had, I've had people through the years say, well, you know, no, I want this, this career job. 
I said, okay, get to the career job, but let's start at something. Let's put our hand to something. Because as you're seeking the kingdom, he's going to show you to do some things. And some of the things he tells you to do are not always the easiest thing to do. I didn't like working three jobs all day and all night. Having about two hours a day to sleep sometimes. I didn't like it, but I did it for a short season. I did it because I had to do it. Not because, you know, nobody was making me do it. I could have moaned and groaned and complained and, you know, hammered other people about it and those kind of things and gotten help other ways. No, I just made it. I just did it. It wasn't, it wasn't the best thing. It, it wasn't something that I was going to do for the rest of my life. But as I did it, God came on what I, what I was doing, and his promises began to overtake me. To where I've never had to do that again. But I was willing to do it, and I'm willing to do it today. If for some reason I was... I needed money for a specific reason or whatever, and I had to do something. You may see me a door greeter at Walmart. Well, but you know, you're, you're a pastor of the church. You can't greet it. If I had to. If I had to, I'd be at Walmart as a door greeter, or I'd be at somewhere else that, that someone might think is a menial job. Or There's no menial jobs. You do what you do, and you do it till you, you, you get through doing it, and then you press on. And you don't look down at someone else that's not making a certain, you know, job position or whatever. They're not where you think you are. You, you start thinking more highly of yourself than you should, and destruction is looking for some place to happen. I'm telling you. What matters is that we believe in the promises of God. And I'm going to give you one scripture in a moment that will set your life free forever. Everybody say one scripture. Now, how many know uh, some of you might consider leaving now? Because, see, with the one scripture, I mean, when it's just one scripture, then you know there's a lot of responsibility. But it's just one scripture. And based on everything else I've taught the last two weeks and to right now, when I read this scripture and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm going to show you about it, Most of you, it's going to liberate your life because I've already prayed for you to receive it. I've prayed that your hearts would be open to receive this and do something with it. In the name of Jesus. One scripture. What's my subtitle today? Love never fails. Everything else will fail you in life. Every other person on planet Earth somewhere, sometime will fail you. But love never fails. God never fails. Look at Hebrew. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. For all of you that have been <clears throat> believing God for things in your life, all of you that have been standing for promises that you know God has promised you, this verse of scripture right here is the answer to your manifestation. Number, verse 36 says, 
You have need of endurance so that after you, you, you have done the will of 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 who is love. After you have done the will of love, what does it say? You may receive the promise. Love never fails. You have need of endurance today because you and I need to be working on something every single day, every minute of every day, in every single relationship that we have. And we need to know what love is. Yes, God is love, but what does that mean to me? What that means is, the way that God would act or react to any situation that I face, any situation that I face, how would God act or react to that situation is the way you have to act to be on the receiving end of everything that God has promised you and that you're believing for. How many believe that Malachi 3.10 is a promise in your life? Lift your hand if you believe Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. What I'm telling you today is that you can't tithe and envy and be on the receiving end of all that God wants to do. You, you, you can't tithe and be unkind and be on the receiving end of all that God has for you. You see, what's difficult about that is that almost seems like the law. See, that seems like the law. Well, you know, Pastor, you can't say because I was ugly to so-and-so that that, yeah, yeah, but if you keep that attitude right there, then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to slough off that ugly situation and the next ugly situation and the next ugly situation and the next ugly situation. I didn't say because you had a bad day and you were ugly to somebody that, you know, destruction's going to come onto your life. I didn't say that. I'm saying the more we develop the love of God in our life and learn what that looks like and learn to hear the voice of God when something wants to come out of our mouth in a destructive way towards someone else. All the, I mean, tell you, whoa, 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 whoa. what are you going to say something like that for? You're just going to disqualify yourself from the windows of heaven being opened over you and blessing being poured out that there's not room enough to receive. Why would you want to do that? I do that to myself all the time. Sometimes I do it after I've said it. But I do it to myself all the time. And you know what it's taught me? What love is and how to be obedient. 
Don't be judging your neighbor, your next, I mean, your spouse, this person. I mean, don't judge anybody else. You look at you. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what these other people are doing. It doesn't matter. You have the right to walk in love no matter what anybody else is doing. And you will be on the receiving end of every single promise in God's word. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes I was healed. You may be experiencing something in your physical body today. You may not be experiencing something in your physical body, but someday there may be an attack against your body. I'm positioning myself today. Now hear what I said. Jesus already healed me. See, when we read 1 Peter 2.24, it says, by his stripes we were healed. I already was healed. What I'm doing every day in the way I treat other people, every single person in my life, especially those who are closest to me and then on, what I'm doing is positioning myself to walk in divine health until I'm finished on this planet. That's what Hebrews 10.36 says. You have need of endurance. What does that mean? You get rid of quit in your life for anything. I don't quit for nothing. I'm not quitting no matter what. It don't matter what it looks like. Come on, shout amen, somebody. There's no quit in us. No quit. No quit. That's what that verse is saying. No quit. Do you realize that this lifestyle that we're talking about is most of the time really messy, really dirty, really ugly, and you don't do it very well? See, what, what, what I'm trying to do is help you to remove from your mind how perfect you need to become. Listen, when you seek his kingdom, you know what will happen? Perfection begins to happen. When you seek his kingdom and his way of doing, what is his kingdom? It's the kingdom of love. When you understand the kingdom of love and how the kingdom of love operates then forgiveness to forgive someone. You ever gone to somebody that maybe you felt like they did you wrong, but God said, I want you to go to them? I've done that before. Oh, man, it's liberating. Really scary at first. But, man, it's so absolutely liberating when you can say something like that and then leave it. I've said something like that to somebody and their response was almost like, it's about time. You know, they didn't necessarily say that, but that was their attitude. You know, and in the moment, you kind of want to backhand them. Right? Cut them off at the knees and make them go to their knees. Helping them to learn how to pray. Put your head down. Right? <clears throat> I mean, that's what you want to do. That's your first response. Don't lie to me. I'm not the only one that's ever thought that. I'm telling you, that's your first response. But we don't do that. We don't carry that out. You walk away from that, Father, I just, I release that, and I thank you, and I pray for them. And don't pray some controlling, demonic thing, trying to make them do what you want them to do kind of thing. You know, let, let God deal with them. <laughs> that's, why, that's why praying the Ephesians prayers, and, and Josh this morning in our prayer before service, 
prayed the Colossians 1 prayer, in praying those prayers, that just pray, you're just praying the same thing over yourself that you're praying over other people, that the, the eyes of their understanding are opened and enlightened and they're becoming, they're, they're understanding the power that is at their disposal if they believe the word of God, if they are doers of the word. What I'm talking about today is the love of God and understanding the love of God. It's vital. Another promise that we know is a promise of giving. And that promise of giving found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 talks about giving sparingly or, uh, or in, in a big way, not holding back but doing, purposing in your heart, being a giver because you've purposed in your heart. And it said that you'll be lacking nothing in any way, shape, or form in your life. How, how many desire the promise of never lacking anything? Well, just giving won't produce that. Just giving won't produce it. Because you can't walk out of love with other people and give trying to cover yourself. Well, I'll just give more. It won't work. No. The kingdom is built on love. The whole kingdom of God that you're seeking after is built on the way you respond to other people. It's the way you respond. Another promise, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. Who st That's a promise. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The opportunity that I get sometime today to walk in love when maybe my head doesn't want to, when I do that, it empowers me to be able to do all things that I need to do. How many got some things you need to do? I want to do it and be successful at what I'm doing. Walking in love opens the door for that. That's what Hebrew 10, 36 says. You have need of endurance because you're working on something. I was, I was somewhere the other day and somebody was talking about another person. And as I was listening to them, you, you, you can have a self-righteous attitude about what I'm talking about here, right here, and you can judge other people. But what I've realized, the more that I've sought after what love is and the more I'm applying love on a day-to-day -day basis, every situation that I find myself in. As this person was talking, I wasn't judging them about what they're saying. I was thinking about their actions was disqualifying them from receiving from God. That's what I was thinking. And I added them to my prayers. I'm praying for them for their eyes to be opened up. It's not going to do much for you to say, you know what, you need to shut your mouth. You know what, that's just so ungodly for you to say something like that. I don't do things like that. Man, that's self-righteous. And we just read that self-righteousness creates destruction, right? The best thing you can do for people is pray that their eyes be opened up so that they can see clearly in what they need to do. Can you say amen to that? What an amazing God. What amazing promises in his word. And they're all tied to walking in love. And love never fails. It'll never let you down. So, so when you do something in love 
and your head's screaming out saying, man, they're going to take advantage of you. They're going to, they're going to, man, I mean, they're going to do this, that, that. No, no, no. What needs to come alive is no, 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 no. Now, that's what it seems like. But the Bible says love never fails. You'll never fail at doing love in any given situation that you find yourself. You'll never fail. Never. Everybody say one scripture. And you're going to meditate on that one scripture and remember these different promises. And then, then you'll go through and flood. I mean, there's over 600 promises in, this, in scripture. Over 600 promises in scripture. So you can go through and find all the promises of God. All of them. And they're ours to have as we walk in the love of God. John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it. That's a promise. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it. Whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he will do. And what I hear when I read that passage of Scripture, what I hear is God saying to me, and Bert, you know, you're going to be given opportunity to either walk in love or not walk in love before the end of the day. And you know you can't walk outside of love and ask me for something and believe you're going to get it. You know that. That's the way he talks to me. Today, that's the way he talks to me. You're not going to walk out of love. You're not going to say these kind of things. You're not going to not repent for the mistakes that you've made and come to me. The repentance is not because God doesn't know what we've done. <gasps> He's not going, oh my gosh, I can't believe my son did that. No. The repentance is for me so that I stay more focused on what God wants me to do than what my flesh wants to do. And, and the other scripture that I had written, well, is just that Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. Now, I want to, what time is it? Oh, I want to end with this passage. Turn to Romans chapter 4. And to me, this story in Romans 4 is the perfect story that goes with Hebrews 10.36. Romans chapter 4, and I'm just going to read from 16 to 25. And this is about our father Abraham. Verse 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. That's us. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, which is love. Everybody got it? You translate and you meditate Every time you see God, you translate it to love and you meditate on the fact, okay, how is God love? you got to get that. 
See, you, you, you know, you could, that, would, that, that almost sounds monotonous to say it over and over again, but you have to say it over and over again till your mind starts saying, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to get this. So what, what it says right here, that in the presence of him whom he believed, Abraham believed God, but what he did is he believed the love of God. Now, now how is that? Because the record that we have of Abraham here is a record of what happened in his life 25 years later from when God said he was going to be this person. Sounds like endurance to me. You have need of endurance so that after you do the will of God, after you do what love's will is, then you receive the promise from God. Abraham tried to make it happen himself time and time and time and time and time again. But you know what love did? Love forgave him. Love empowered him. Love taught him. Love loved him so much that he, he disciplined him. And in the challenge and the discipline and the teaching Along the way, Abraham got it. God wants you to get it. Love doesn't make you weak. Love makes you the strongest person on planet Earth. Doesn't make you weak. And what God will tell you to do, you won't necessarily tell the next person to do the same thing or the way he told you to do it. That's why we have to have the Holy Ghost. But he believed. Abraham believed after all those years in the love of God. And you know what? You know what love didn't do? Love didn't put Abraham's dirty laundry in the New Testament. Love made Abraham look like, you know, one day God said do this, and two days later he believed it and he did it. Man, it'd be nice if it was that way. But I'm telling you, what I read you in Hebrews 10, 36, that's the one verse. You need to meditate on that and spend time on that. What he said in that one verse is, you have need of endurance. Don't quit. And it will come as you get this, and then you apply it every single day. Because I promise you, you're not a person sitting here today that's not convicted in your heart about being able and needing to walk in love in a, to a greater level in some relationship that you have in life. Not a person sitting in here. Myself included. Even though I'm not sitting. Right? I love you people, and I want God's best for you. And I want you to be on the receiving end of every promise that you believe God has promised you. And I'm with you, and I'm praying for you every single day that you're getting what I'm telling you today. I've been praying it for a while. Been leading up to this day to be able to share that one verse and say to you, this is God's will for your life. You know what? You know what I also see? Is that 
with that, there's no more delays. Because even when you don't see something that you want to see, when you're walking in love, the picture of it becomes so big, and that's what causes the natural manifestation to come when you're viewing it inside of you. You're hearing it. God's speaking it to you. You ever heard God say what he said to Jesus? You ever heard God say that to you? Man, I'm really proud of you the way you did that. I'm really pleased. Actually, God didn't say to Jesus, this is my beloved son and whom I'm proud of. He said, I'm well pleased. Have you ever heard God tell you that he's pleased with the way you handle this situation? You need to hear it. You need to hear him say that to you because there's no other voice and no other sense or feeling in life that when God tells you, you know what, I really appreciate that. I'm really pleased with you and I appreciate it because I need you to walk that way because I need other people to believe in me. And the only way they're going to believe in God is when they see the love that we have for each other. People closest to you, your immediate family, even the people in church life right here. You know, we're, we're close and getting closer. This is a family of believers right here. We've got to walk in love with people. We've got to walk in love with each other. And the ones you need to be focusing on is you. How you walk in love with each and individual person. So you're on the receiving end of every promise of God. Now watch what Abraham said. And then I'll end with this. He believed in love who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations because God had spoke that over him. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb who was about 90 years old. He did not waver at the promise of what? Of God. But what is it? Translate it. Everybody say love. Everybody say it real loud. He, it says here, did not waver at the promise of love. Watch this. Through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised him, what love had promised, he was also able to perform it. And in the light of our life and the New Testament life, we believe he's already performed it. And when you walk in love, you become the calmest person on planet Earth. You become calm. You become happy with yourself. You're not envying. You're not boiling over with jealousy. You're, you're, you're not burning with anger and competition and rivalry and those type of things that, that are every evil work of the enemy. That, that's the devil's playground. You're not that way. I didn't say you didn't have to fight against it. But listen, the more you walk in love, the more you walk in love. Right? The more you're jealous, the more you're jealous. 
But the more you shut that down by walking in love, the more you love, and the more you love, the more you're on the receiving end of everything God has. So you don't have to make anything happen. As Amanda said earlier, we can trust him. What did she say? Huh? Count on. That's what it was. Count on. Count on. God, we can count on you. God, we can count on you today. We can count on this message right here today, Lord. This is truth. This is truth. We can count on this. As we choose to do what you've already done and enforce what you've already done, when we choose to respond and act, Lord, the way you would in every situation, when we choose to develop that in our life. And Lord, I said earlier, it's messy. We don't do it perfectly. There's a lot of mishaps and things we have to repent for, but Lord, we're staying on it. We're not quitting. Glory to God. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm telling you today, we're going to stay with this till everybody's healed. Can you say amen? We're going to stay with it till everybody that sows seed reaps harvest. We're going to stay with it until everybody that becomes a tither, the devourer is rebuked on their behalf. Huh? Are we not? Are we staying with this? Because it works. I'm just telling you right now, do not be freaked out about anything that's going on on planet Earth. Nobody, nobody on the planet, I don't care what government comes, I don't care who's elected to all, I don't care any of those things. Now, I mean, you vote for the right people and you, you vote your convictions and you do those things as we talk about here all the time. But listen, that's not where your trust is. Nobody on planet earth will ever be able to control you to the point that you can't walk in love. Only you do that. Nobody. And if that's the case, and all you're doing is learning to walk in love in a greater level in your life, love never fails. So that just means you never fail.